Welcome to Rhema for Today. I don't like the way Christians use that word hate. It's not in my vocabulary. Amen. I don't even like to say I hate spinach because I don't. I may dislike some things, but I don't hate them. I don't even hate things, much less people. And yet I hear born again, spirit-filled, charismatic Christians. I overhear them sometimes saying, I just hate old so-and-so. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. No, they really don't, because if they really do, they don't have the life of God in them. They don't have the love of God in them. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on love the way to victory. Find out more next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. While I'm talking, you turn back to the Old Testament, to the 15th chapter of, of Exodus. I made reference to the fact uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, on, on occasion when a young couple had a little girl, about three, that was taken with epileptic seizures. And uh, they wanted us to come and pray. The Lord said, go. And as we went, the Spirit of God said to me, in fact, it was just like somebody sitting in the back seat of our car. That's how real it was to me. He said, don't pray for the child. Don't lay your hand on the child. Well, they'd call for prayer. And of course, that's scriptural, all right. They'd call for laying on hands. That's scriptural, all right. But you see, there are times that you don't need to lay hands on anybody. In, in fact, if, if certain conditions are not met, you could lay hands on people till you wore every hair off the top of the head. And they wouldn't get a thing in the world out of it but a bald head. <laughs> Amen, that's the truth. I don't mean to be sacrilegious, but it's just absolutely the truth. And so the Spirit of God said to me, or the Lord by the Spirit said to me, don't pray for the child, don't lay your hand on the child, say to the mother. And this came as revelation to me. I'd never seen it that way before. Under the old covenant, I said to Israel, walk in my statutes, keep my commandments, do that which is right in my sight, and I'll take sickness away from the midst of you, and the number of your days you will fulfill. Paraphrasing that, and I never thought about that before. See, I knew the Old Testament said that. But the Holy Ghost said to me, Jesus through the Holy Ghost said to me, paraphrasing that into New Testament language, you walk in my commandment of love, keep my precept of love, do that which is right in my sight, which is to walk in love. Because see, we've already read love fulfilled the whole thing. I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. The number of your days you'll fulfill. Well, if he takes sickness away from the midst of you, that means you won't ever be sick, doesn't it? And the number of your days you'll fulfill. Praise God, how many of you want to do that? Well, the Bible tells you exactly how to do it. Now, for just a moment, let's turn back here and see that. Incidentally, I spoke those words to that mother, and he said, say to the mother, mother, say to Satan, Satan, I'm walking in love. Take your hand off of my child. I didn't get the words out of my mouth until she turned and pointed to that child who was in the preliminary stage of these seizures and said, Satan, I'm walking in love. Take your hand off of my child. And immediately the child was all right. I mean, it stopped right then. Well, now somebody said, well, yeah, but now she was walking in love just a few days before she wasn't because she told me I hate my mother-in-law. But she got over into love. She said, what am I going to do? I said, act like you would if you did love them because you do love her. I mean, if you don't love her, you're a murderer. You read that 15th verse. We read, you know, the 14th verse a while ago of 1 John 3. 
We know we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that hateth his brother is a murderer. Isn't that what the next verse said? And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. If you're born again, you have eternal life abiding in you. You have the life of God abiding in you. You have the love of God abiding in you. Amen? I don't like the way Christians use that word hate. It's not in my vocabulary. Amen. I don't even like to say I hate spinach because I don't. I may dislike some things, but I don't hate them. I don't even hate things, much less people. And yet I hear born again, spirit-filled, charismatic Christians. I overhear them sometimes saying, I just hate old so-and-so. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. No, they really don't, because if they really do, they don't have the life of God in them. They don't have the love of God in them. And they're a murderer. But what's happening is that that love that is in them, they're not responding to it. They're letting their natural thinking dominate them and their flesh dominate them. And they need to crucify the flesh, and that's hard, isn't it? That don't feel good. Amen. And they need to get their mind renewed with the Word of God and let the love of God abide in them and be made manifest in them. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. And so, here in the Old Testament, now notice what he said. And let's see if it's available to us. Here in Exodus, the 15th chapter, and the 26th verse, and said, that is God said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now there's a little explanation here before we get into this, for the simple reason that if you read from the King James translation, you'll get the impression that God literally actually puts disease or sickness on people. Now, first of all, I said, well, that's what the Bible said. Many Hebrew scholars uh, bring out the point that in the, some of these Hebrew verbs should have been permitted or translated into permissive sense, not the causative sense. And in fact, it should have been translated like this. The Lord will allow you to be smitten. The Lord will allow these plagues to come upon you. Now, you see, there are many other verses. Let's look at some of them. You see, you don't have to know a thing in the world about Hebrew or homebrew, any other kind of brew. <laughs> Amen. Just, just, just know how to read. Let's look at some more verses here that have been translated in the causative sense, and we'll see that this should have been in the permissive sense. Now, for instance, Isaiah, the 45th chapter, the 7th verse. I'm reading the King James translation. It reads like this, that God said, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, I want to ask you the question, because you read the rest of the Bible. Does God create evil? No. See, if God did create evil, that would make God a devil. Now, God may permit evil, but he does not create evil. Amen. Now, look at the King James Version of Amos, the third chapter and the sixth verse, and it declares, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord's not done it? Well, you see, if God commits evil, then he has no right whatsoever to judge man for doing evil, does he? None whatsoever. But God has not done evil. 
That should have been permitted, uh, translated into permissive sin. He only permits evil. There's a vast difference between commission and permission. Can you say amen? amen. Now notice again. Remember when in, in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, the 14th verse, turn and read with me, or write it down, look it up later. When King Saul backslid, you remember 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, 14th verse says, but the Spirit of the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit, departed from Saul, now listen, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. But I want to ask you the question, does evil spirits come from the Lord? If they do, we have no right to resist them. I mean, if evil spirits come from God, we ought to welcome them. Amen? Amen. But no, we know they do not come from God. And yet, if you'd read that from the King James translation, it would seem to say that. Now, what happened here? Very simple, what happened? You see, Saul's sin broke fellowship with God. And God permitted. He didn't send that spirit. He permitted that evil spirit from the devil to trouble him. And so it would have been, as some Hebrew scholars point out, the original Hebrew for these scriptures should have been translated into English from the permissive sense. But because the English has no corresponding permissive sense, the verbs were translated in the causative. No, God does not send sickness upon his people, as some of these verses would seem to indicate, for the simple reason that God's word teaches us that sickness comes from Satan. Acts 10, chapter 38, verse. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. You see, what happened was, these people broke his commandments. When they did, they were out from under his divine protection. They couldn't claim his protection anymore. And all God could do, he couldn't do anything else but that was to permit the devil to bring these afflictions upon them. You see, their sin and their wrongdoing was the thing that brought those dreadful diseases and plagues upon Israel. But if you'll keep my commandments, I'll take sickness away from the midst of thee, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. Now, here's another thing. Let me show you. Let me give you another illustration. And I think you can see it. For instance, you have a little child, you know, three, four years old in your home. You see that child about to stick its hand to a hot cast iron skillet you're cooking. And you grab that hand and say, honey, don't touch that, that'll burn. And then you turn your back, go doing something else. And about that time you hear the child scream. And you turn and they've stuck their hand to that hot skillet. You pull it away and all the skin comes off. Well, you permitted them to do it, didn't you? But you didn't commission them. Why did you permit it? Because you couldn't do anything about it. They've got a will of their own. Your back's turned. If they want to do it, they can do it. And if people wanted to sin, break his commandments, they could do it. He's just remind them what's going to happen if you do. Amen? Amen? And not only that, that wasn't your way of teaching that child that a hot skillet burns. You're not that cruel. And that wasn't God's way of teaching you to put sickness on you that sin don't pay. That's too cruel. You see, sickness and disease is not of love and God is love. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. 
So we need to see that. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources, including the message you've just heard. Visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. This month's package starts out with the three-CD series from Kenneth E. Hagan entitled, Love the Way to Victory. Also in this offer is Ken Hagan's book, Listen to Your Heart. These two resources are for the discounted price of $19.95. That's a $10 savings. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. You know, I want to thank all of you that are partnering with us. Uh, you help us so much to be able to go all over the world and preach. You say, well, what's a word partner? Well, a word partner is somebody that sends a donation in once a month, uh, just whatever they can afford to send in, and it helps us. And if you want to find out about it, you can go to rhema.org and slash WPC and find all about that. But I want to thank all of you that are helping us. We have so many of you out there. And when we're out doing the Crusades, so many of you are coming up and saying we watch you and, we, and, and that you're a partner with us. And we so appreciate that. So anytime we're out in a crusade, we all, after we finish speaking, we always stay around and we talk to, talk to you. So come on down and talk to us, okay? We stay around the front. So let me thank you. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan on Love the Way to Victory. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org for other life-changing resources. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.